All right, Aftershocks Tremors, Matt and Chris, we're back with you guys for another episode where we feature some of the best underground hard rock and metal bands across the globe. And today we're going down to Central America. We got from San Jose, Costa Rica, Frankie from Thresh Titans, Kembasai. What's up, Frankie? Thanks for joining us. How are you, man? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Doing all right here, man. With a, you know, under a little rain, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm sure you get you're used to a lot of the rain there. I'm sure. Man. Yeah. Well, th this time of year is when it starts the you know to rain and it just it sucks because you know you wake up and it's it's raining. You go to bed and it's fucking raining all day. Man. So, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it, really. True, man. No, absolutely, man. Well, hey, man, let's get right into it, man. The new album, Common Sense, it's out now on Riptide Records. Uh, and man, this is a record that is just simply resonating with Thresh fans across the globe, man. I mean. I'm going to say it's it's by far the best Thresh album I've heard all year, hands down. And, you know, I mean, I'll say it again. I, I really believe that, you know, when I hear this album, I really think that you guys can feel, I, I feel like there's been a little bit of a void missing since Power Trip has, you know, not been doing anything, obviously, because of what happened to Rally. But, man, you guys, I think, can fill that void. I mean, and I'm it's not just me. I'm seeing and hearing nothing but high praise from so many uh, in these, these uh, metal publications you know, across the goal, man. So, I mean, talk about, you know, Frankie, what, I mean, what made you or, you know, in, in the band, I mean, just a bunch of guys from Costa Rica want to really, you know, pick up your instruments and create sort of this modern day classic, th you know, thresh sound that's really resonating across the globe right now. Well, uh, first of all, man, I appreciate it. So I just wanted to say thanks for the words, man, because, uh, you know, we really didn't, didn't expect any of that to happen when we, uh, when we wrote the album, to be honest. Um, we, uh, we spent two years, man, pretty much locked down like all of us man here at home so we had plenty of time to like just i don't know man like write down music that you know that kind of represented what we were feeling at the time i guess and mm -hmm. um when the uh i guess when uh when we started to write the album we we wanted to like talk about what was happening in the world at the time i guess and um we was feeling frustrated man we was feeling frustrated with what was going on you know we had to stop touring our third album because of you know the whole situation what was happening and uh i'm just glad that the album has had so many positive reviews to be honest because we did not expect any of that to happen and it's it's been praised by a lot of people and uh to be compared with power trip i love power trip man it's one of my favorite bands well at least one of the newer bands that you know really really caught my attention so it's uh it's 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 an honor to be compared to you know to, to those guys and uh you know rip riley man i you know i talked to him uh through instagram a few times so uh you know it mm. was a it was a big loss sure man yeah i know absolutely it's it's huge and you know and, and the reason why you know i i, I guess kind of compared you guys to a power trip is i mean because you really you know i look at for instance songs on this record lunar eternity barred existence those two just come to mind they really had that sort of almost like that classic sort of crossover sound you know, especially Bard Existence, and um, which I think is the best uh, song on the album, by the way. It's, it's a great song. Um, and that's the thing about your guys' sound. I mean, you've got no shortage of these, you know, what they call money riffs, right? I mean, you've got – and you've got several of them in the same song. I mean, most of these riffs can be like the lead riffs of their own songs. So, I mean, when you're writing, I mean, how did, how did you go about choosing what riffs to use as sort of the featured, you know, main riff? Because when you have like so many, you know, really great riffs to choose from, man, it really do. Well, the thing is that w the way that we uh, that we play this song is that we when we were when I was writing the the like the, all the rhythm sections and you know the structure of the song, I tried mm -hmm. to um, always think of what's coming next, I guess, and uh, okay. I try to focus on one song at a time. I'm not I'm not trying to focus on multiple songs at a time because it it kind of 
uh, you know, I'm sort of a scatterbrain. So if I if I if I tried to <laughs> focus on multiple things at a time, I just can't do it. I don't, that that multitasking thing is not for me. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, the when the riffs come out, I just try to stick them once, you know, all together and see how it sound. And uh, you know, last year was tough because. Well, two years ago it was tough because I couldn't actually go and play with my with with, with the guys at you know at the at band practice and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I had to think of how everything will sound without me actually listening to the drums and listening to how the lead guitar will sound. So I was just you know thinking of all right, so this section will come out here and here and here, and I'll, I'll see if I can work it out. And uh, when things started to open up a little bit more. Uh, the first thing I did is I called the drummer. I was like, dude, we need to practice the songs and see if we can, you know, put them together. Just, you know, glue them all together and see if they're going to work all right. And, uh, well, luckily they did. <laughs> so yeah. I feel, I feel, I feel very happy that, you know, that the riffs came out the way they did, honestly. Yeah. No, I mean, they came out great, man. You know, and the other thing, um, you know, that, uh, you just kind of mentioned, you alluded to before was about, you know, the, your lyrical content, you know I mean? So it's pretty noticeable, obviously from, the album and song titles from the band over the years is that you guys, you know, you definitely focus your your little con- your lyrical content on what seems like a lot of human rights issues and sort of injustices that you sort of perceive around the world. I guess my question, I mean, are those lyrics and topics that you're writing about, are those really specific to what's happening, you know, in and around Costa Rica? Or is it what you, you know, maybe more here or seen in the media globally as well as social media? Or is it a little bit of both? I mean, just talk a little bit about your lyrical inspiration. So the the way that I always uh, will try to focus my lyrics on is that you know here in Costa Rica uh, we see a lot of corruption and a lot of you know different topics that actually kind of replicate down a lot in Latin America, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Latin America, it's uh, I guess it's a place where a lot of these countries can actually be really successful. They can really be you know countries that thrive and and you know they could be like what would you call it? like you know world you know, I guess, I don't know, man, like really powerful countries. Right. But unfortunately their corruption and the way that they're managed is that, you know, that's, that's the reason why we're in the position that we're in right now. So you see countries like Brazil, you see countries like Mexico, you see countries like, you know, I don't know, uh, Argentina to give you an example. These countries are countries that they could be, you know, powerful countries, you know, having all the resources that, that we have, you know, uh, when it comes to exports and imports and all that, man. And, uh, Unfortunately, they're not. And a lot of these governments have killed their own people when they're trying to rise up to, you know, defend their rights. And uh, uh, this album and well, inequality and this album in particular, you know, we um, try to focus on what was happening here in Costa Rica as well. And also what we saw in the U.S. to give an example, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, racism. You know, we see we we saw bigotry. We see uh, a lot of things going on in our country. and, and, And it seems like it's happening all around the world. So. So for us Latin Americans, for us Costa Ricans, you know, I think it's important to like give an out, give outsiders the perspective of how we see things and also how you know things are happening in our country. So with you know with uh, songs like Common Sense, with songs like Disposable, some of that is you know happening here, but at the same time it happens everywhere, right? You know, you when you think of yourself, you work forty hours, man, a week, and uh, sometimes you have people that have two or three jobs a day, man, which you know you can barely make a living on a daily basis. So I think that that happens to us here, but it happens to you too uh, in the States, man. So see people working and working and working. They don't even get to enjoy their lives. It's just, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just pieces of clay made made into a fucking game. And uh, 
at the end, you know, if you die or something happens to you, nobody gets a fuck. You know, you're just a number for the system and then you get thrown away and then you get replaced with somebody else. So, yeah, true. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, dude, the, the, I'm always curious with, with thrash bands and especially bands like yours that are kind of socially conscious. Who is the audience? Because here, and I'll just tell you, and you, you probably know this, in the States, thrash is an old person's game. Thrash is old fans responding to old bands it's it's all exodus and overkill and blah 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 i don't imagine that's who you really want to reach as much as as much as finding new younger audiences so for you who is the audience is it the old heads or is it just new school or do you try to reach both or what well we try to reach both to be honest but this, at, at the same time you know all thrash metalheads are more focused on keeping the flame alive for bands like Exodus and Testament, and they just don't want to let them go sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Overkill, Exodus, Testament, all these... I mean, I love these bands, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're my influence, but at the same time, all these bands are just, you know, going away, but they don't want to let them go, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. my main focus is to reach out younger audiences, and the reason why is because these audiences are, are you know, coming to this... You know, shitty world. To be honest, you know, you see these kids; they're focused on their cell phones, they're focused on their computers. I mean, they just, you know, they're glued to them, right? So, I just want them to, when they read the lyrics and they hear the music, they just can at least get some of that into their brains and their subconscious and 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 start acting different. I'm not saying that we're gonna change the world or anything because I'm not reinventing the wheel here. And right. some of the things that that I, that I've heard so far with uh, with the albums, uh, um, some 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 reviews have said <laughs> that. We are not innovating, and I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying right. to innovate anything. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to put music out there for people to enjoy and for, you know, the, the lyrics to spread some message of positivity and for them to, I guess, think of what's happening and, and try to make a change. That's it. So with the younger artists, it's a little bit easier. With the metal, with the old metal heads, they just enjoy it and they already, they, and they already know what's happening because they already lived after the 80s, man. So mm. sure. Yeah. Well, you, you know what though? Yes and no, because I, I'll say this, and Matt and I have talked about this with numerous bands on the show. Testament aside, the, all the other thrash bands, the old thrash bands, I don't think they honor their responsibility to the scene. I I think that they all should take out younger bands and they just don't i i think they should take out a band like chemicide or a band like havoc or you know you, you know the and not that havoc's young at this point they're they're starting to become an old band too but yeah you know what i'm saying there's in it's, the old days weird. they did in the yeah. old days they took them out now it's like well yeah. you know there's it's some true. agent that's saying well this band's worth 400 tickets and this one's worth 30 and and it doesn't it doesn't end up building the scene. Do you see that? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Uh, we uh I don't, I don't, I don't like to, you know, to diss on anybody, but yeah, we've seen it. You, we've seen it happening because we've been, you know, we've been told the exact same thing. Because you know, especially you know, for bands like us that we're from Central America, it's even harder, man. Because yeah. the thing is that for us to go to the states and play shows, man, we need special visas and special fucking you know paperwork to get into the states to actually play shows. We can go and visit. But, you know, if we get caught playing, we get deported. So right. we have to kind of stay away from the U.S., which is a huge market for all of us. And, uh, I mean, just to give you an example, like, you know, you see Ozzy took Metallica on tour when they were, you know, with, with the first right. And I know Metallica mm -hmm. was a was a big band at the time. Well, kind of kind of big at the time. But at the same time, like, you know, Ozzy gave them the platform to actually show their show yeah. the music to bigger audiences. So I honestly don't understand why these, well, especially like Metallica or Megadeth, why can't they bring, you know, smaller bands like us? I'm not saying that they have to take us 
uh, into into consideration. But like, there's all there's other bands like they could actually make a you know make a decent appearance. Like you know, there's a band that I love from from I think they're from Jersey, uh, Paralysis. Okay, uh, yeah. it's uh it's like a crossover band that I like. You know, why is it that you know? Like I don't know, Exodus or or uh, Overkill, not taking these guys out mm-hmm. on on tour, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. to me, it's a no brainer because you know they you're bringing up the new generation to like new audiences, but they just don't want to, you know, they don't want to give a piece of, uh, a piece of the pie to anybody else, man. They just want to mm-hmm. keep it for themselves. So there's nothing yeah. we, really we can do about it. Yeah. No, you're, you're right, man, and, and that's the that's the worst part about it is that that scene i mean i'm 53 years old so i came up in that scene and and i can tell you used to go to clubs and all these bands that were big would be bringing up bands and there was no some of the bands most of the bands that i discovered when i discovered them were not selling you know they were testament they were exodus they were overkill but it was before they were yeah a household name yeah and you know you would see them on a triple show at a club with Slayer and Metallica or something. And it was like, that's how you learned it. And it's, it's so, like you said, it's so hard for you guys to say, well, you guys can't sell X number of tickets, so we can't bring you to the States. Well, that's bullshit because how are you going to get to that level mm-hmm. if they don't give you any appreciation for, you know, just musical integrity. And that's the thing, man. Like right now, all the tours that we do is in our own, right? We put out our music. We, buy our own tickets we buy our, uh we we pay for our own hotels we pay for our own vans to you know tour so mm-hmm. and it's all right i mean i don't i don't mind doing that because it's, it's fun right i mean you go out and meet people you go out and see different cultures and in and, and you play for people that you've never seen before so it's also it's it's it's, it's cool but mm-hmm. i just feel that you know these bands could really make an impact with newer bands but the thing is that also if you think about it maybe it might not be the band itself because they're ran by you know Big ass uh, music companies and distributor uh, and, and distribution labels that don't really care about none of that because you know you see for example uh, let's say Metallica Metallica are their own thing right so they mm-hmm. don't really need anybody so they could actually bring somebody but if you think about somebody like Testament you know they're uh, part of I think it's Nuclear Blast so if Nuclear yeah. Blast doesn't, doesn't want anybody on that show that is not part of Nuclear mm-hmm. Blast they can't bring them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's that's the thing. Even if they wanted to, they can't because you know they're not part of the same label or they're not part of the same mm-hmm. structure that they've built for themselves. So you know, in the long run, might not even be the band that is not that doesn't want people to join their their shows. It, it could be you know somebody else that doesn't let them. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You know, and speaking of you know uh, new you know newer thrash bands, Frank. I mean, one thing me and Chris both talk about. Is that this, you know, this classic thrash sound, you know, although, it, like you said, it's, it was obviously created here in the States. These days, the bands, to me, that are doing it the best are from outside of the States. I mean, you guys, obviously, one of the examples, another band is Crysix from Spain, yeah. another great band. I love Crysix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, so, I mean, to, like, to me, yeah, to us, I mean, you, you guys are really the ones that are leading this sort of new wave of thrash metal. I And I know metal's always, obviously, been huge in, in Central and just Latin America in general. But, I mean, talk a little bit, I guess, about the scene, the Costa Rican sort of Central American scene, because we don't usually typically see, I mean, many Central American bands, you know, coming out and, and resonating with, with audiences across the globe. We definitely see it, obviously, in South America, but not too often in, in Central America. So talk a little bit about the scene down there. Well, actually, the scene in Costa Rica, well, Costa Rica has a ton of bands, man, for, you know, in mm-hmm. Central America specifically, I guess Costa Rica will be like the um, like the main point 
that people will not will actually come out and play because the thing is that most of the bands from like you know Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua, they actually mm-hmm. want to come out of here and play because they say it's like uh, sort of uh, I guess the states of Central America. You know what I mean? So we mm-hmm. have the biggest market, but at the same time, we're the smallest country of all, right? So we have a ton of bands coming out. You know, we had a few bands uh, in the past few years that you know, actually play Vacuum, play Bloodstock. You know, uh, we had this band Neoma, uh, Set of Emptiness, um, Corpse Garden. There's a, a whole bunch of bands actually doing th- uh, things good uh, in, in the metal scene. So our metal scene has actually grown a lot. The mm-hmm. thing is that we're, we're a very small country, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not enough for us to actually be somebody here or play shows here to actually make a living. So, like, I have a friend, you know, friends from a band called Howler, another band, another band called Age of the uh, Age of the Wolf. These bands are actually going out on tour with us, like to promote their music outside of Costa Rica. Because unfortunately, we can play as many shows. Like for example, we played uh, this month alone, like six, six or seven shows, mm-hmm. and it's it's not enough, right? For us, to actually make uh make it worth it. We have to come out. We play Nicaragua. We're actually going to Colombia next month, so we have to actually go out of Costa Rica to the bigger audiences and the bigger audiences are either in South America or North America. So we have mm-hmm. to either go to Mexico, yeah. go to Canada or go to the States. And if we go to South, we got to go Colombia, Argentina or Brazil. There's no other way around. So people in Central America love music and they are actually supporting the scene a lot. They mm-hmm. buy our shirts, they buy our, you know, our merch, they buy our CDs. But the only problem is that it, we're not a big country to actually support the mm-hmm. scene. You know what I mean? So it's, sure. it's, is that's that's the only that's the only issue that we see yeah no that's it, difficult but the one thing that you guys have done well other than obviously didn't, didn't really put out some great music is you've done a great job promoting yourselves you know to the point where you're getting noticed by you know obviously people like us and a lot of people outside of even here i mean i saw that you know you guys were mentioned in metal hammer i believe in uk yeah uh also in publications in like japan and turkey i mean so you guys have done a, you've done a great job of getting your music. I mean, how have you been able to to do that to get your music and your band heard and noticed in all these different countries? Well, it's been tough, man. But I gotta say that honestly, it's been um, a joint effort with the uh, with the labels that we're working with, like okay. Ripwright. Uh, they uh, they put the record out in Canada, the U.S., and uh, other parts of the world. Then we're working with uh, Concreto Records, which is a Mexican label that is working with us in all Latin America. So uh, they've been putting out, you know, they've done an excellent job with promoting our music. They put it, they, they sent the records out before even even it came out to, you know, different media outlets that has helped us promote our music. You know, we got Marquee Records in Brazil doing the same thing. We got Ragnarok doing the same thing for us in Germany. So that, you know, I guess that the best thing that has happened to us right now is the alliances that we've we've, made, uh, we've been able to build, right? So mm-hmm. these guys have been promoting our music for, I guess three months before them even the record came out, so they sent out records out to you know everybody that they could, and um, I'm the the good thing is that the album actually you know was well received, so they mm-hmm. actually been talking really nice things about the album because if it, if it would have been the other way around, it would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> sure. yeah. You know, so uh, yeah. these guys have made a, a great a, a great thing for us, and um, I guess the. They work with against PR and also with Sound Blast, Sound Blast Media uh, in Argentina, and these guys, are, they, they've done a hell of a job promoting the record, honestly. And you know, all this interviews with you guys, and you know, has helped us out a lot, to be honest. Sure, sure, yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, just getting back to the music too, real quick. You know, I want to just uh, mention. I mean, I, I wish my Spanish comprehension was much better than it is because I know you guys have a really cool. Uh, short 30 plus minutes sort of documentary I know on YouTube about the making of common sense. 
Um, talk a little bit about, you know, that documentary um, and just kind of explain it for people like us who, you know, are, are non-Spanish speaking because it, it seemed like it was a pretty cool little uh, documentary that was put together. Yeah, we wanted to do it in English, to be honest. But the thing is that not all the band speaks fluent English, and it was sure. uh, it, it was it, it was hard. And the thing is that putting subtitles in the in the video is is expensive. So right, you know, right. we uh, we yeah. had to stay away from it. Um, the, mm. the 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 documentary was actually that uh, something that I that I've done that I've wanted to do for a long time. To be honest, I've always seen you know documentaries like the Black Album that you know it takes a whole year into Metallica. You know, X has just put out one. I've seen the ones mm. from Sepultura, which is one of my biggest influences. So I've always wanted to do something like that, that actually bring people into the studio with a band. Uh, so I told one of my best friends uh, that, you know, we could do that. He actually recorded our video for Bard Existence. Um, and uh, what we start, we, what we thought is that, you know, we should start doing the whole documentary as soon as we get a new drummer for the band. So we started actually doing the documentary in uh, around... December, November, 2020. Okay. We got our new drummer and uh, started doing little shots and whatnot about, you know, how is it, how is it to be in the studio with us? So how is it to record the, the songs? How, you know, how the process of getting a new drummer was. So to, you know, give you a quick overview, you know, the drums uh, were recorded in, uh, in one single day in six and a half hours. Uh, our drummer sat down for six and a half hours to do the whole, the, the nine tracks of the album. And uh, it was, physically and mentally you know tiring because you know he had to sit down and do the songs over and over and over and over again until we had him right and the thing is that you know i write this song so i was like yo you got to do this this feel this way or this way he was like yeah we, we you know we we planned this you know a certain a certain way but it came out a different way so okay it's okay. it's it's you know it, it is what it is right so mm -hmm. and then we started doing the the uh the the rhythm section for guitars i write i i uh i uh, record all the all the guitars for the album at least the rhythm section and it took him about 10 hours to do that in a day okay. so we we, we kind of go through all that it was uh we took about a month to do the whole recording it was four weekends that we did to do the whole the whole album okay and uh because we were under we were under the clock man to be honest we we were supposed yeah. to get the record done in november and we was actually no actually in september september last year okay. we were already in october we had nothing so we had to <laughs> so you know we uh we told our 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 labels like yo i'm we're taking a little longer to do this but it's gonna be worth it so it's mm -hmm. uh it's something that that was well received. The documentary was actually um, it was really enjoyed by people. They, they told us that they've never seen that before here in Costa Rica, at least, mm -hmm. and uh, it was kind of groundbreaking for him. So it was groundbreaking for us as well. So it, I think it was it, it kind of panned out. Nice, no doubt, man. Well, and and the other thing too with the recording, did you not work with Martin from Destruction on this record? Yes, that's right, and, man. And what did yeah. he bring to the table that you didn't already have? <laughs> so the thing is this, man. Um, we uh the, the the whole thing how it came out is that when we were thinking about doing the record um there's a guy in uh for concreto records he's uh his name is Ketchel. Ketchel is the uh, owner and uh, and the head and and well and just he runs concreto right he he had worked with martin before and uh with with different bands he actually has another band called bark which is like uh rock and roll heavy thrash metal band it's a weird thing but it, it sounds awesome he's like yo you guys got to work with this guy you got to work with this guy you got to work with this guy and i really didn't know if i could actually um 
pay him <laughs> to be honest because right. you know he, i mean he's a he's a well-known producer and he's a and he and he, and he was uh the tour manager and, and and sound manager for for destruction and floods and adjustment and all these bands up in europe man i was like sure. I, I, well, I don't know if i have the budget for that and uh, all of a sudden uh he sends me a text he's like uh yo um I've heard your music and I really love it. I would love to uh, collaborate with you. Let's, let's work something out. So he, uh, we made a special arrangement. He actually brought a lot of things to the table. So I sent him the demos. I was like, yo, this is what we're going to do. He's like, already had the sound down. Um, let me just work on it. How would you like, how would you guys like the sound? So I was like, let's get something like KSAD type, uh, type thing, like, you know, nice. horoscope vibes mm -hmm. on the, on the drums and the, and the bass. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, like a kind of a black album as, as far as the voice goes. It's like, I got it down. I got it down. So I just, you know, we nice. recorded the recorded the, the whole thing in about a month, and I sent it to him. Uh, I think it was November thirtieth last year, and in about a week or so, he's like, "Yo, I got the first mix, man. You guys want to listen to it?" I was like, "Yeah, hell yeah!" He sent it. I listened to it. I was like, "This just a few tweaks that we got to do here and there." And uh, second mix, that was it, man. It didn't take wow. us yes. more than two mixes to get the whole the whole thing wow. down. But the thing is that. Yeah. Since he's been working with so many bands in the past, you know, in the past few years, and now he's the lead guitarist for Destruction, and he's worked with Nervosa and all these bands in Crypta and mm -hmm. and uh, Entratil and whatnot. He already knows what we want to sound, so it was a pretty easy, you know, a pretty, I guess, a, a pretty easy collaboration for him and for us. And uh, he brought that crunchy sound of the guitars. He was like, "Yo, I got the tone perfect for you." Like, you know, uh, what he asked us what kind of gear we had uh, here at home. So he's like. We have this gear and this gear. And he's like, okay, I'll make something that you guys can replicate when you guys are playing live. So that way, when you guys play live, you always have the same sound. So that chunky guitar sound and that bass and, you know, the way that the drum sound is, is all because of him, to be honest. Nice. No question. Well, he did a great job, man. There's no yeah. doubt about that. It sounds awesome. Um, oh, thanks, man. Just one, one last thing, and it's really not music-based, but it's just something that I love that you guys are doing. You guys is the album cover as well as as your merch stuff is so old school but cool you know i mean yeah. there's a million bands that try it and they're not good at it they try to look old school and it just doesn't you guys shit just looks old school but cool man so who who does that is that somebody in the band or do you guys have an art guy or how does that happen so it, it it depends. We've worked uh, so the artwork for this album specifically. We worked it out with a friend of ours. He actually went to college with our lead guitarist. Uh, his name is Pablo Munoz. He actually did the cover for this album, which you know turned out to be you know it, it blew our minds, man. To be honest, we had the idea of doing this cover like this. Our lead guitarist actually went to uh, graphic design school, okay. so he did like a sort of a sketch of what we wanted to look at. Uh, how how we wanted to look, and uh, Paolo just took it to a different level, man. He's a 3D artist that's worked with Microsoft and big ass uh, companies, and he just took it to another level, to be honest. And as far as the t-shirts go, and like flyers and all of that, we work with a Costa Rican artist called David Cuero, and also a lead guitarist does on some of the shirts as well. David, he uh, he's made a ton of shirts. Actually, uh, one of our best uh, best sellers has been the uh, tie down t-shirt. Which is the the shirt that we worked in? Uh, that is that is um sorry, it's a single that we put out two years ago. Uh, okay. It's a um, cover of Negative Approaches, uh, tied mm -hmm. down, and uh, you know he did an amazing job. You know we gave him the idea, so he's been working with us in a, you know for for all this year. And the latest T-shirt, if I'm not mistaken, was the 
Bard Existence T-shirt that we, we put out in two colors, yellow and black, and that was actually done by our lead guitarist. So we work with a compound of artists, and you know it's a collaborative uh, situation. So we're actually we're really lucky to have you know really you know talented artists working with us, man. And David and 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 Pablo, you know they they've done amazing jobs for us, to be honest. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, dude, everything about this release is an amazing job. It's one of one of my favorites as well. Matt likes it as album of the year. I'm I'm kind of with them, although mm -hmm. I I would put this maybe one one A with um the new Insight record, which is another phenomenal fucking killer record. But uh, people definitely need to check this out. It is Chemicide, and the album is called Common Sense. And Frankie, where should we tell tell people to go to uh, keep up with you and the band and eventually shows and all that stuff? Well, you guys can always go to uh, the, the good thing of being Camisite is, is there's no other band called Camisite in the world. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's, a, it's a very lucky situation for us. So if you go to Instagram and you put Camisite, you're going to get us. If you go to Facebook, you put Camisite, you're going to get us. Um, if you want to get the record out, you can either go to chemicide.bandcamp.com uh, or you can go to Rip Wright's website. You can go to Concreto's website and you can get the record out as well. And if you want to just, you know, get us on tour, uh, just Camisite at Hotmail. So you know, it's 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 the it's the easiest thing of you know being named Camisite, man. There's nobody else like us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I agree. I agree. Well, one more time, the name of the album is Common Sense. It is Chemicide. And Frankie, thanks so much for joining us here on Aftershocks. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Freddy. I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. I you know I really enjoyed this type of interviews, and it was it was a blast to be on it, man. Thanks so much. <laughs> When it's time to rock, it's time to tune in to Crash Course Radio. Featuring the very best of the heavier music, from Slayer to Clutch to Fear Factory, it's all in one place, Crash Course Radio. To tune in to Crash Course Radio, simply visit www.cmsradio.net. You can also tune in on the CMS Network app by opening the app clicking the musical notes at the top right corner and selecting Crash Course Radio from our stations. All the best heavy music is there, so you should be too. Ditch the commercial radio and make Crash Course Radio your everyday station.